Welcome to Nubian Queen Radio Talk Show and Podcast on Zenith Radio Network. Nubian Queen Talk Show is a show that will empower and encourage kings and queens to tell their story, speak their truth, and share information that will educate and inform others to be a greater version of themselves. I am your host, Queen Yolanda Mitchell, and meet our co-host, Queen Ernestine Smith, Queen April Hernandez, and Queen Vicki Robinson. Welcome to Zenith Radio Network. Welcome to Nubian Queen's talk show and podcast with your host, Queen Yolanda Mitchell, co-hosted by Queen Ernestine Smith, Queen April Hernandez, and me, Queen Vicki Robinson. Today, I am really excited about our radio today. We are doing the Mother Day edition. Yes, but it's the Queen's edition. So who better than the Queens to talk about their mothers, their spiritual mothers, life learned lessons that we have learned from our mothers. So let's get this broadcast started first we're going to ask our queen ernestine to tell us a little bit about when did you become a mother first and we're going to go through our queen queen ernestine queen april and queen yolanda and then i will go last so queen ernestine when did you be first became a mother Yes, I'm the first to walk on the red carpet and I'm ready. Hi, thank you all for tuning in. I'm Queen Ernestine and actually um, my motherhood started at the age of 21 years old. Um, When I was 21, I adopted my niece, my brother-in-law and my little nephew. And um, so at 21 years old, I was raising a 10-year-old, I was raising a a 7-year-old, and I was raising like a, a, I think my nephew, Tykeith at the time, was five, five years old. So, um, yes, ma'am, they they all three uh, came from backgrounds where uh, my brother-in-law at the time, he was homeless, he he was living in, in a area in savannah georgia uh, it was a project called yamacraw and me and my ex-husband we were visiting savannah and my ex-husband saw it well while we were passing through we saw a young man holding a sign up saying i will work for food and he was dirty and he had holes in his shoes and everything and i was driving and i'm like oh my god look at that little boy and my ex-husband like, stop the car, stop the car. And he jumped out the car and he just grabbed his brother and like, what happened to you? What happened? And he was crying. And when I got out the car, I'm like, what, what's going on? And he said, this is Rufus. This is my brother. And so we went to the house where Rufus was staying. And the aunt that had him at the time was strung out on drugs. And it was a really bad, bad area. And so what I did, I, I talked to her 
and, and I said, let us take Rufus with us for the summer and we'll bring him back. And from there, we end up bringing him back to Albany with us. We went to go see a judge and we um, explained to the judge what happened, the condition he was in. And um, the judge told me, she looked at me, now I'm 21, my ex-husband, he was younger than me. He was two years younger than me. He was 18. And um, she said, um, she said, 19, excuse me, and she said, I'll give you custody of him. And so I became the, the, the full-term guardian of Rufus, and I became his mom. And um, from there, my niece and nephew was, was in an abusive situation. My sister was, and I didn't want my niece and nephew to be abused. So I got them out of that situation, and my sister gave me custody to raise her children. And I became a mom at 21. So that's my story of motherhood. Wow. Well, this this is Queen Yolanda Mitchell. I'm sorry for chiming in. Did I talk too fast? I'm too excited. You're all Queen good, Queen. What's going on here? I just, I just jumped in. Listen, I was <laughs> just too excited about this question because I, I, you know, I'm like that that little fast little thing. And I'm going to let y'all know how fast I was, right? So I am that mother that started at a very, 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 very young age. I was 15 years old when I gave birth. Yes, when I gave birth to my baby. So motherhood for me was, you know, um, mm, motherhood. I was still a baby. I was a baby having a baby. But let me tell y'all something. I was one little young mother who you couldn't tell me nothing because I was babysitting at age six, seven, eight years old. I was watching people's children and getting paid, and I knew what I was doing. At least I thought I did, right? So, <laughs> so me having a baby at 15 years old, and the thing about it is I did it, you know, because of peer pressure, and I was, you know, I, I exercised. Um, I'm not even going to say exercise birth control because I felt like since I'm not doing anything, there's no need for birth control. But I end up trying something one time, and he used we used protection, and it burst. It didn't work. Well, I mean, I didn't know anything about that stuff anyway. And um, it didn't work, and I got pregnant. And that's the way my life went, and I just went from, I went from there. And I'm here to tell anybody, you know, starting out as, as a baby, it's a lot of things you have missing. It's a lot of things you don't know, and your identity was one of them. And I didn't even know my own identity. I didn't have my own identity. I didn't even know what type of clothes I like wearing, the color clothes I like wearing, or anything. And I just, and here it is, I got a baby. And But I was just so determined that although I had a baby as a baby at a young age, I was determined to get a job. So I went and got me a summer job, you know, and was working so that we could have school clothes. And guess what? I, I missed all of 10th grade school. I had no 10th grade teaching, but I was determined no matter what that I was going to graduate and on time. So I did. I graduated on time. Um, and I was determined that before I graduated high school that I was going to have a job and I was going to get my own car. And guess what? I worked 
and I went to and I went to school with my baby, taking him to school, graduated on time, come on, got a job, and was able to have my own car, and I was making up payments on my own car, and it was new off the lot. Come on, and I was just I was just determined because I know that coming up in a young lady, um, in project, you know, you know, having a baby at 15 years old, you know, baby dad is not around. My own dad wasn't around. My own welfare, you know, I'm 15. You know, the statistics for me and for for women my age and and and, and for things I went through, I wasn't supposed to be someone who would would you know not be on food stamps when I got older. The statistics say, oh, you're gonna be if you start now with a baby, you know, as a baby and your mama welfare with three three children, she's not married now. You got a baby. And don't and, and baby dad is nowhere to be found. Your dad is not in your life, and you know. And now you you know I wasn't supposed to have made it this far, but by the help of the good Lord, I am here. So yes, I was excited about this question. And so from this day, my son is alive, my daughter is alive, and I have a three month old. I have a three year old baby, and so here it is in my forties. I had a baby. And I didn't have all those children because I was told, okay, when you start off young like that, you're going to have babies back to back, back to back. The devil is a lie. My first two sets, my first two babies, they were about six or seven years, about seven years apart. And then I waited 18, 19 years later and had my last baby. And so motherhood for me was different. But I was mm. determined to break the mold and be the one that will break the mold and to help people to think differently about someone who start off young because you just never know what they'll end up doing in life and who they end up being so i hope i answered the question i was just too excited i jumped in full time but that's me thank you for the opportunity queen queen april yes yes i'm excited as well good evening everyone all, all our radio listeners queen ernestine queen yolanda queen vicky Wow. Um, when I first became a mother, that would have been the year 1998 on the eve, on the eve of my birthday. My son, my eldest son was born two hours and 59 minutes before June 12th. He was born on June 11th. That's, I call him my mini me. Um, the only thing is that his gender is different. He's a male, but he's all of me. You got some of his father, but he mama all day. I named him Michael. Um, and he helped me start this journey into motherhood, um, helped me to grow up and mature to be the woman that I am today. He still sometimes uh, calls and comes by, um, asks for my advice. He's going he's gonna to end up making the final decision because he's almost 24 now. And um, he has a son, so I, I'm a grandmother as well. But um, that's when I started motherhood um, with the birth of my eldest son, Michael. That was in 98. Um, and... I'm still enjoying the ride because um, I consider myself to be young at heart. Um, mature in a lot of areas, but I still consider myself to be young at heart. And I got a little kids. So that's my start of motherhood. I hope I answered the question as well. God bless. Well, can I say something? Wait a minute. Hold on, Queen April. So wait a minute. <laughs> Did you give us like some numbers, like some times and all that stuff? Can you, can you, you said 19 what? You said Wait a minute. Can you give us? I started motherhood, nineteen hundred and ninety-eight. That's the year. Yes, that's the year that my son was born. Nineteen ninety-eight. 
I also, it was the eve of my birthday, two hours and 59 minutes before my actual birthday was when my eldest son was born. He was born June 11th. I'm born on June 12th. He was actually my birthday gift. That's what I considered to be. Come on. And when I tell you, I mean, that he he started me into motherhood. He's my eldest son. He's the eldest of four. And um, I consider him to be my mini-me. Like I said, he's all of me. He got some of his father, but... He's obviously oh. just the gender's different. He's male, so. Oh, okay. I hope that answers your question, ladies. Um, yes, ma'am. Thank you. Okay. Um, this is Queen Vicky. Um, I started to be a mama. Okay, I can't even. I was a, a mama at 12, but I wasn't a biological mama. I always babysat. I babysat my uh, pastors for kids, all of those things at 12. So kids have always been in my life, but biologically having becoming a mother, um, I got married at 19 and I had my first child at 20. Um, And it's always been a journey for me, motherhood, because um, I always said I was going to be married, going to be, be a, you know, a mother, you know, because I was a little church girl then. You know, I was a virgin when I got married. So that's for those that, you know, made a promise to themselves that um, I'm going to be a virgin and, and all those steps and everything. But I was so very scared to be a mom, <laughs> you know, although I had babysat for many kids. You know, but I was scared to be a mama, you know, because I'm like thinking I'm not going to do things right. Um, They didn't come. Your children don't come with a a manual of how to be a mom, how to, even though my mom was in my life. But at the same time, you know, individually, you wanted to be a mother and do things the right way. So my first time being a mom biological mom was 20 I had um two more kids um so I have two girls and one boy biologically but um when I moved to Texas I also had foster kids um so I've been a mama (laughs) for a long 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 time and um and they have become adults that have their own children so I'm a grandmother of six and I'm getting ready to be another grandma. Um, my uh, daughter, uh, second daughter, is going to be having her first child. So it has been a journey. It has been a learning um, experience and learning curve. Um, you know, I know that my mom, my mom died um, when I was first married, and I was 19. So I lost my mother at 19. So all those things of, you know, having a grandmother to watch your kids, and I didn't have all that, you know. Um, but even though I didn't have my mother physically here, there were some good seasoned women in the church that taught me a lot about being a mother. They were there um, when I couldn't understand why two of my babies was crying at the same time. <laughs> um you know, carrying the two um, baby bags to church and and trying to, you know, do 
ministry and, and and sing on the choir and all those things and the baby is in the car seat and you know all those things so um it has really been a journey for me um being becoming a mother and because it, it seemed like that's all I knew how to do was um deal with children and matter of fact the kind of work I do I work with at-risk youth as a youth counselor um so being dealing with children and their minds um really have always been with me um and I just love you know being around children and the people will tell you that know me that I've always had somebody's child in my lap or following me um in some kind of form of fashion so but we're going to move on a little further um we're going to talk about we're going to switch it up a little bit um to what has been a lesson that we have um gotten from our own mother our own biological mother or spiritual mother what lesson have we taken from our biological mother or spiritual mother queen ernestine yes my mom calling you out tell me (laughs) (laughs) my mom vicky marie smith and by the way ladies she just won city councilwoman for dangerfield texas and she's the first african-american woman to hold that seat so i'm so proud of her and awesome. we got the uh, we got the great news right at on Mother's Day, I believe it was yesterday when we got the news. No, Saturday, May seventh was the day of, of the vote, so it was like Saturday night uh, we got the news that Miss um, Vicky Marie Smith is the new city Yay! councilwoman of Dangerfield, Texas, Yay! and made history by being the first. African-American woman. So I just yes. want to trust my mom, Queen Vicky, yes. Queen Vicky Marie Smith on on on, oh, on radio because we're so proud of her and um, yes. just making history. So yes. I definitely, um, the life lesson that I learned from my mom uh, is strength. Uh, let me tell you, my mom is the most, strongest woman I have ever met in my life and I believe the resilience that she had I inherited or I have it from watching her and the reason why I can tell you that we've been through so much you know I I I was blessed to have been raised in a military home my father was military so we traveled all over the world and we had exposure to all different kind of cultures but um probably in the uh, in the latter part of my childhood and high school or whatever uh, we just as a family went through some very detrimental things and i watched my mom hold the fort down i watched her juggle three jobs and we may not uh, have what we always wanted but she made sure we had what we needed and and you know the struggle was real I'm not gonna sit here and, and lie to you guys and act like we didn't struggle or we didn't go through some certain things as a family 
But my mom was the glue to our family. She kept our family together. She was definitely my first teacher in terms of um, learning how to be a woman, learning the things of how to take care of yourself and how to present yourself, how to carry yourself like a lady, how, how to dress, how to talk. My mom believed in the power of education. She did not play the radio with us. We had rules. We had structure. We had toys. We had to go to church. She made sure we was in church every Sunday. We even had um, where, where she would read the Bible to us at home. So she was my first teacher in everything that I have ever done. She taught me how to be resilient. She taught me how to be strong. She taught me how to be a woman. I I am strong will. My my dad always uh anybody that I date or whatever, my dad meet them, he always warned them. She just like a mama. <laughs> you know, because my mom is a very strong willed woman, but she's a resilient woman. I and and I just love her um for everything that she has given to me. She has birthed strength in me where I remember going through a divorce. Um, I was just shattered. <laughs> and my mom, the type of mom where she didn't, um, she don't, she don't pat you on the battery or anything. I remember calling her. I'm in, I'm in, in Albany, Georgia. She's in, in Texas. And I'm like, oh, and I'm raising three kids and I'm just like the end of the world. But she knew that I had to get myself together for those babies. So she like, get yourself together. Me and leave their wives every day. Straighten your back up. And this is how she's talking to me. I'm like, ah! You know, but, you know, that's what I needed. I needed that kick in the butt because I couldn't lose my mind. I had three kids to take care of. So it was just a lot that... Um, in hindsight, looking at it now, like I, I would used to think my mom was mean and she didn't understand. And, you know, and we still, you know, we still go through our mother and daughter things, you know, but I thank God um, for restoration, you know, because like I said, growing up, I went through a lot with my mom. I didn't understand a lot of her ways and, and we did not have the best relationship growing up. And even in my young adulthood, um, it was it's kind of like it was boiling water. But I can't say just looking back at it now and looking how far we come, I appreciate every lesson that my mom taught me. I have been blessed because my mom has been in Texas all these years. And as I stated, I was I really was a baby raising three kids. So I was blessed to have my spiritual mom, Apostle Gwen T. Hope, she helped walk me through my divorce. She helped walk me through being a mother in, in terms of raising um, my kids, things that I, I just went through, having my heart in my hand, um, betrayal. And, and, you know, she walked me through seasons of my life um, that God, when I didn't really know God and have the relationship that intimate relationship that I have with them now. Apostle Hope, she cultivated me. She mentored me. She loved me for who I was. She, When she met me, I was this happy-go-lucky hood girl straight from Savannah. Used to wear the do-rads. 
colored nails and I was just straight street. She met Keisha. She didn't know Ernestine. She met Keisha. That's who Apostle Hope met. And she just loved me and she birthed the Ernestine out of me. You know, she saw the greatness in me. I, I remember when we first met and I, I was invited to Center Refuge Church at the time. It was faith and prayer. And she was just a minister at the time. She was Minister Hope. And she was teaching a women's support group. And when she first saw me, when I walked in the church, she, I remember her saying two things to me. She said, love and books. And when she hugged me, she said, I see love and I see books. And I wasn't even writing then, <laughs> you know. And the poetry that I have done, it was from high school and all that stuff. I'm an author now, so what she saw over 20-some years ago is manifesting to this day. And I just thank God for her. I thank God for my spiritual grandmother, Pastor Melvinia Loving, who when my um, spiritual mother ended up getting sick and had to go into a, a facility home um, where she had a stroke and she ended up going into this home, Pastor Loving, who's my spiritual grandmother, she stepped in the role. She always been my covering. I thank God for her. She resuscitated me out of some things that I went through in my life, uh, a, a very de detrimental season in my life. Pastor Loving was there for me. And the Holy Spirit woke me up one day and said, before you go to your church, because my church started at 3 o'clock that afternoon, he said, you go to Pastor Loving Church because out of uh, Bishop Loving, her husband at the time, her late husband, the Honorable Bishop Loving, is going to be a word in his belly. And I remember walking in that church broken, and he was preaching strength or strong. And that word gave me life, and that word resuscitated me. And they just took me under their wings, and they was just they covered me, they carried me until this very day. That was like in 2013. So from 2013 to this present day, um, I'm I'm at her church in the morning, and then I'm in my church in the afternoon, and I'm still getting fed by her. I'm still being covered by her, and she's still carrying me and birthed me. So I thank God for the life lessons that I'm still learning from my mother, Vicki Marie Smith, my spiritual mother, Apostle Gwendolyn T. Hope, and my spiritual grandmother, the Honorable Pastor Dr. Melvinia Loving. Thank you. Amen. I want to jump in real quick. Uh, Go ahead. Before any queen, I just want to read, as she was saying, as Queen Ernestine was saying that um, her spiritual mom said book in love. I just want to read um, this poem that's by Ernestine Smith. And it's called After. After the pain, there shall be joy. After the tears, there shall be laughter. After the fear, there shall be confidence. After the will, After the will there shall be strength. After the madness, there shall be peace. After the sickness, there shall be health. After the trials, there shall be victory. After the humiliation, there shall be honor. After death, death, there shall be life. That is a poem written by you, Queen Ernestine, called After. Out of her hey. book, Bound by Love. I just, I, I read that 
and, and that blessed me that after, there will be glory after this. But I, I'm, I, I ain't going to go, but I'm going to let Queen Yolanda go because I feel my shanana getting ready to start up. Um, yeah, Queen Yolanda. Woo. After this, Woo, thank you, Lord. That shall be glory. Uh, Queen Yolanda, come tell us about the life learned lesson that you have gotten uh-huh. from your mother or spiritual mother. Listen, I know y'all want to. I know everybody on on the radio station want to hear about my story. But let me say y'all something. When y'all feel that thing, oh, you shall not Jesus. come. I not come forward. We ain't holding back nothing. nothing. If you feel yes. that thing, in your you got to keep it moving. Hey, we, yeah. if we miss a question, if somebody miss an answer, it is what it is. But when they shout out, nah, when they shout out, nah, when the Holy Spirit moving, like, hey, we got to let Holy Spirit have its way because you just never yes. know what you're feeling that somebody's going to need. So, hey, yes. let it fill up. I, <laughs> I just want to say that there will be glory. No matter where you are and mm-hmm. how low you think you are, that there will be glory after mm-hmm. this. And yeah. God always yeah. has support system around you just as Moses mother uh, oh Jesus thank you Lord in the book of Exodus the second chapter where she had the the king set out a a decree to kill all the babies and to Mm -hmm. drown them the midwife was supposed to drown them and she covered her son and hid him and then put him and covered him in the water he, but mm-hmm. there was always a support system waiting there as he was being covered. And that was his sister Miriam. You know, she mm-hmm. wasn't being in plain sight, but she was alongside. So I thank God that God will allow support systems, yes. no matter what you're going through or what you're facing. And, th- and it not. might be somebody that don't look like you, that don't even speak the language like you, but they are right on. there. God, I thank you, Lord. Because there will be glory after this, after yes, what they're going you. through. Yes. Because you will not break down, but you will have a breakthrough. So I just yes. thank God. Thank you, God. Because then God says, you know what? My glory, I won't give to another. So you are uh, are decreed and declared to have purpose over your life. So yes. even the, the divorce, the marriages, whatever, it was for God's purpose. And Thank nothing you. we have gone through will be wasted. Oh, nothing we have gone through will be wasted. So, Hallelujah. Queen Ernestine, everything you went through, it was not for not. It was for it was for God's glory. You put Thank in you, a God. book bound by love, a collection Thank of poetry, everything that you ever went through. And just as your spiritual mom said, your love and book, you know, forgiveness. You got a chapter on forgiveness. And and, and sometimes we have to forgive ourselves. Amen. But to, to God Amen. be the glory. To God be the glory. Because he's going to get the glory out of everything we've been through. Come on. And, you know, and some, some lessons we couldn't get from our mother. And something we had to walk through the fire by ourselves. (laughs) Like, I can truly say, it's been 32 years I've been without a mother. She died. And I was a young girl. And I've been through Mm -hmm. some many, oh, my God, from the pit to the palace. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about as a mother, you're like, God, why am I going through this? Come on, Queen. When will I see the light of day? 
Mm-hmm. But I thank Speak God because guess what? God always have us in the gap. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people don't get honored or recognized being in the gap. Mm-hmm. But he'll always allow us to mend the net to keep the catch. And let me tell you what the catch is. Our seed, our children, our family. Mm-hmm. Joseph didn't understand his dream, but he was there in famine, in lack to be there mm-hmm. as the glue for his family. I'm sorry, the Lord glue. Jesus. Come on. God, I thank mm-hmm. you. We thank God. God had to make us the glue. And sometimes yeah, I was the gorilla glue, okay? I was the gorilla <laughs> glue. Come on, now. Some days the children Amen. didn't like what I said. You want to move, but can't move. Come on. Come on now. I'm like, I'm going to be stuck by, you, by your side until you get it right. Okay. Amen. Ooh, Amen. Let that go. Come on, Queen Yolanda, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Have your way, Thank you. I'm glad you got that out. Amen. <laughs> Have your way, God. Listen, <laughs> that is that that testimony, Queen, was powerful because I didn't want us to bypass that point, and I'm glad you got that out because. A lot of times we want to keep up with the program. We want to continue things how we got it written out. But when Holy Spirit moves, you got to move with him because somebody's listening that needs to hear what you had to say. And if you are someone who was young, 19 is young, to have lost your mom. I am in my 40s and my mother is still here. And I thank God for that queen. She was one of the most strong backwood country gals. <laughs> if you believe you lay up and have them keep you gonna take care of you open up your legs like you've grown to have them babies, you're gonna act like you're going to take care of your own children. And my mama was like that. And so I you know, I look like that. You know, you make a mistake, that's fine. You don't have to deal with that mistake. You made that bed, you lay in it. And my mama taught me perseverance. She taught me how to push through. She taught me that if you want mm. something out of life, you got to work for it. And that means you may have Come to on that means you may have to have some disappointments. You may make mistakes and errors. You may even get tired, but that's no reason, no excuse not to not to press forward. There's no reason. Because my mom had three children on welfare. Her husband gone. And she raised three babies by herself in her 18, 19, 20s, 21, you know, living in the project. But she didn't give us away. She stayed in the paint. She Come put on, with man. She took care of us. I mean, she raised us. And it, it was two girls and one boy. And... Let me tell you something. Diane, Sarah, Diane, Ormstead, well, no joke. I love my queen. Let me tell you something. And when they say you take a village, my God, I see God. I thank you. When they say it takes a village to take care of a child, my aunt, Isabel, Isabel um, Allen and Lisa Walker, they stepped in as her sisters also and pitched in to help when it came down to school clothes and things like that and taking up time with me when they seen my mom getting overwhelmed they didn't come in and try to take us from my mother but they came in to step in to give my mom a break you hear me because a lot of times when you're going through as a mother my god i see god i don't show court i see you do get overwhelmed yeah we made mistakes yes my mom made mistakes and yes she had three children and she was married at some point trying to do the right thing but when that man stepped out, that could be overwhelming for a person, overwhelming for a mother, overwhelming for a woman. And so to give her a break, they would allow us to come and stay sometimes, from time to time. But we never lived with them. We still stay with mama. 
But at the same time, my mama would not. She refused to let anybody take us, and we stayed with our mom. And that right there, her being her strength helped me to understand you may go through things in life. You may have a hard time. You may have uh, um, um, made some mistakes. Your husband might have left you, left you with all the bills, the children, the frustration, the stress. He may have left you with everything, but you got to pick that up and you got to roll with the punches. And that's what has taught me to do the same thing. And I'm telling you that watching it, it wasn't about the words that she spoke. She never spoke those words. It was her life that I watched her live and and watched my uh, other aunt. I watched them work. I watched them build a life for their children and didn't depend on man for nothing and trusted God for everything. I watched them. I watched the women in my life. And then now, you know, that legacy, that what they built life upon. Now my sister, my brother, we come together and say, okay, your son, your daughter, my children, y'all did what? Whatever I'm down, guess what? We're going to pitch. They're going to pitch in and help me. And when they're down, I'm going to pitch in and help them. Whatever, however it is, we keep it. We keep that village going. We don't allow my sister to die. I don't care what mistake or decision she's made. I don't care how I'm upset about the decision she made. No, no. At the end of the day, she got a child and children to take care of. We're going to come together and help them babies because they didn't ask to be here. And I they made a mistake in the right, and I did something I wasn't supposed to do, and now my household is suffering. My sister, they don't have time to try to make a decision, try to figure out they're going to argue or talk trash about it. They're going to pitch in and help. And that's the way we do it. And my mom built us on that. Y'all come together as family. And y'all, we may not like what everybody is doing and whatever decisions each of us are making in life, but we all pitch in together and work it out. And that's what I learned from my mom. We are a village. We're strong. And we have no other choice but to Take a licking, keep on ticking, and keep moving. There's no room for excuses. And that's what I picked up and got. Now, my, my. my other family, they may have gotten something else different. But mine, the way I'm structured, I said God knew what I needed to go through in life. He, I'm built to last. When they talk about built to last, I'm built to go through. When I went through some things, working at the prison, and I was trying to figure out, this woman was saying, well, how do you just take them cussing at you and calling you everything but a child of God? I said, baby, you got to know my past. You have to understand where I come from. They talk about this, the jungle, the prison. You want this no jungle? Okay, because they got life. I come from where they shoot you, cuss you out, call you names. Where you call everything but a child of God, I come from that life. This is my life. Loud, cussing and carrying up a family, gunshot, whatever. I, that's, I, hey, I'm at, I'm at home at prison. My God. So I was built to be strong. I was built to endure. I was built to suffer. And no excuses. You may get tired, but there ain't no reason to quit. So my queen, Diane Ormstead, mom, if you're listening to this, I want to tell you thank you. And if you share this recording with my aunt, Isabel and Lisa, tell them I said, Thank you. And to my sister, Katana Brown, I love you, Queen. I love you, Queen. That's it. That's what I have. Thank y'all for the opportunity. Queen, um, Vicki, you're doing a great job. I love how you host. Come on, Queen oh, April. Wow. Yes, yes. Um, my mother taught me to be bold, to be fearless before danger, to have a daring spirit. 
um, three and a half years ago, my mother had a stroke and I was the one that discovered her. I went to her home where she was living independently. I used my key to open the door, but it didn't unlock. I had to get the, I had to get the maintenance man in the area that she was living in to open the door. And, um, she was able to have, she still had shallow breathing, but she wasn't able to speak. She wasn't able to walk in the midst of that. There was a, a strength that came from somewhere. And um, the gentleman had asked me if he if he could help me. And um, by the time he had done that, some kind of way, small as I am, and my mom had, had quite a bit of weight on her. There was a, a, a David in the midst of that Goliath, and I moved her. And um, it's never been a time now even. She doesn't speak still now, um, no verbiage, but um, you can hear somewhat what she's pushing through. But when she would talk, when she would speak to us, um, the thing that she taught me is because I'm, I'm, I'm the I'm the youngest of four. I'm her last child that she had that she gave birth to. Um, she would always say that I had a way with words anyway, but she said there was something that that was different about me when it came to my other siblings, my two sisters and my brother. She said I was boldness in the making, you know, as at a very young age. And um, so I said um, I'm bold. I, I responded like that. So that's that's why I resonate like that from that story. Um, she taught me that and I don't mean to be arrogant, I don't mean to be rude. I don't mean to come across as being blunt, but a lot of times I am and some people don't know how to take that. Um, but I am a queen because a queen raised me. That's the answer to that question. That's what that's what I learned from my mom to be bold. Amen. Amen. That is so good. Oh my God. I am so excited. Um, I just feel like uh, I done went on a journey with all of my sisters <laughs> this evening um, to think about um, the journey. Um, what I, I, I think I didn't even put in what I learned from my mother. Um, as a young girl, she kept us, <laughs> me and my brother, on our knees. <laughs> and my mom was on drugs because she drug us to church. <laughs> But to God be the glory. Um, she taught us the word. Um, and, you know, if we our punishment, you know, if we, we did something wrong. Oh, no. We, we, did, we had to go look up a scripture. And we had family devotion. And that's where she taught us how to sing, read the scripture, and plus talk about what we had done. So um, I give honor to Louise Johnson, who is um, still sleeping in heaven, um, for all the life lessons that she has put in me, or resilience, um, to never be strong. Um, and I can remember my mom, you know, uh, getting ready to transition to glory. And she was in ICU. She signed her own stuff off, the respirator. And she told us... <laughs> Guess what? Um, don't cry for me because I'm going to see the king. I say, oh, you know, I, I had to suck it up uh, and, and grieve maybe two years later for the loss of my mother because she was so such strong in death. You know, most people fight to live. She was fighting to get up out of here. She said, I'm going to glory. Uh, and don't cry for me. But I just know that through everything I go through in this life, to be strong and that I don't care how low you go 
if you can look up, you can get up. And that's what she instilled in me. And so, Queen, um, I got to say, after we talked about our mothers and everything, what do we do for self-care? Like today, I did some self-care stuff. I went and got my nails done um, just for me. So I want to know from each of the queens, before we get out off the show, um, self-care is very important. Um, and we I also also teach a class about compassion fatigue. Compassion fatigue is that we care for everybody else and we get burnt out. We do for everybody else as a mama and as a mother, as an auntie, as a sister. And what do you do? What's the, what is the uh, your place of serenity that brings you peace, that brings you happiness, some self-care? So, Queen Ernestine, what do you do? So, are you asking the wrong queen? Because I'm still learning how to take care of myself. Again, just to let you guys know again that I started off uh, at the age of 21 in, in terms of raising kids. But for me, it was earlier than than that at 13, 14 years old. My sister had her first child. Uh, she was pregnant at 15, had my niece at 16. So I had to step in as a as a baby to help raise babies. And it went from me transitioning to adulthood to taking care uh, of children that needed me. And then from there, I became a youth pastor. So I took care of other kids. And from there, being a youth pastor, I ended up being a caregiver to my my godmother, Miss um, Sally O'Neill, a caregiver to the founder of my church, Apostle Annie Wingfield. Then later on, a caregiver to um, my apostle, who got sick, Apostle Gwendolyn T. Hope. And then I worked over 11 years in, in the Job Corps community uh, where we serviced children from 16 to 24 years old. So I was known a mama to those kids. And, and took care of those kids and took kids under my wing. So transitioning now to, um, I went through a medical condition where I'm still going through it, where I had died three times and had a transition from being on a wheelchair to a walker, now learning how to walk again. And so it's like God had to, I had to die to live, if that makes sense. And then me living again, I don't have no choice but to take care of me if I want to live, if that makes sense. So <laughs> I'm I'm learning, and I thank God for this this sisterhood that I got now with you guys because um, you queens will get on the phone quick and let me know, hey, you, you're taking care of yourself, you're doing this. So to be honest, I really cannot answer that question right now but I can tell you my I listen to my body when my body tells me to rest I'll be the first to say shut my phone off and I'm gonna rest so y'all know that I will rest so I think part of my self-care is making sure I have plenty of rest and what relaxes me is music and on candles so I will burn my music and, I mean, I will burn my candles and I will put my Luther on. Big Luther, y'all, not little. But I will put my Luther in a needle baker on. And that relaxes me. 
So that's how I take care of myself for now. I can't go get my nails done and all that, but that's how I take care of myself for now. So keep praying for me, but I'm on my journey of self-care. I know that's right. All right. Queen Yolanda. Yes, um, listen, for myself, because I've been doing a lot of things that God has been blessing me with, and I know that I need to get back into doing self-care. But one of the things I used to love doing for myself when I got out of it, it was going to get massages done. I would go to this place and I would have, they would sit me down after I put on the white robe and I would get my feet soaked and they would rub my feet, have a conversation with me while while I would eat cheese and grapes and then they would take me to the back room and they would massage my back and things like that and my shoulders, I mean my arms, my hands, it just felt so good and I kind of got out of it because I started getting busy and things like that. You you know, self-care is very important. It's about those things that make you feel better and so I was like, okay God, so since I'm not able to do that right now, what are some of the other things that I can do that don't cost so much? So what I would do is, you know, my daughter, she's cosmetologist. She just needs to go get her um, certification to go to school. So she would do my toes. I said, girl, that's like the best thing to do. Because they don't they shouldn't walk around looking like that. So she would do my toes. And I went and had her do me some personal nails. So those days that I just want to be crude, she would get my personal nails. I would get my personal nails and press some things on. So it's like I got like to be in somewhere. I ain't been nowhere. Just went, hey, and in Queen Yolanda's house, honey. So I would get my little toes done, my nails done. I would get me some hair or wig. Y'all know I like my wig. And put on my, my makeup and things like that and just get in the car and ride around. Not going nowhere, y'all. Just riding around, inhaling the fresh air and just getting out. Because sometimes I stay locked in the house. I don't go anywhere. You know, I do a lot of my work and business inside the house. But I would just put on some clothes just in case or go take my son to the park. That's therapeutic for me. And I know that that may or may not be self-care, but that's what I'm doing right now for me. And that's what's working for now. But I know that there's greater to come because I desire to go on trips. I desire to go um, on cruises. I desire, you know, with the pandemic, there's a lot of things we can't do. But I desire more for myself. And I'm going to get there. So um, I want to go back to get my body massage at least once a month. I want to go get facial done once a month. I want to get my hands massaged at least once a month. But it's coming. But that's my self-care. I love you, Queens, and thank you for the question. Queen April. Oh yes, that's that's a no brainer. Retail therapy. Retail Ooh. therapy. Yes, honey. It doesn't have to be Yes, it doesn't have to be online. It doesn't have to be in the supermarket. It doesn't have to be in the store. It could be either or. Retail Amen. therapy is therapeutic. It's therapeutic. I mean I can go and try on shoes all day and I can only buy one pair. I can go and look at several different dresses, skirts, shirts, it doesn't matter. And, you know, I keep it cute, you know, and I may tell the associate I just want this one item or that one item. <laughs> and um, it makes me feel better. Um, I look at, after I've gone and tried it on and put it all, put the whole entire look together. I say, I love me some me, you know, um, and that's, um, it's therapeutic for me. And that's uh, self-care because self-love is the best love, ladies. Absolutely. Awesome, Amen. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And you do be looking cute, Queen yeah. April. Okay. Queen now April I'm came to, uh, pulled you. up in Georgia, Queens, and she was looking cute. I said, "Oh, that's how they do it in Florida." Okay, but uh, I'm learning that from Queen April about 
you know, that queen looking cute and fabulous. Go ahead, queen. Thank you. Well, listen, queens, this has been a great queen edition. Um, we just know strong mothers raise strong daughters, um, whether they be biological, spiritual. Um, and one thing that I do for self-care is, is I got to have a good eyeshadow. Got to have. I got to have a good eyeshadow. No matter what. <laughs> On my worst day, I got to still have my eyeshadow. So, but anyway... Um, I'm going to close this off to Queen Yolanda. This has been awesome, awesome, awesome. We have learned, I hope that we have learned a little bit about our history, um, where we came from, and most definitely where we're going. And that's all the way up. (laughs) Uh, Nothing can stop us because we're all the way up in God. And so this has been a good, good um, talk. And I just pray that mothers that's out there, if you're listening, that don't give up. Don't give up. Um, You know, look to the hills. Look to God. Ask God to help you on those days um, that things may not be going easy for you. Um, Some of the lessons that we have learned through tonight. Um, Queen Ernestine says strength will keep you going. Queen Yolanda says she's been built to last with no excuses. Built like four. Uh, Queen April says she learned from her mother boldness. And I have learned to stay on my knees and continue in the word of God from my mother. Those are the things that we as queens have learned um, from the queens that came before us. And so I hope that you have t- taken some of the things that have um, we all have gone through and take them as a life learning lesson one day at a time. Um, one, one, you know, one fire at a time, especially with children. Sometimes they be on five alarm and you be on 911, but you got to take it one day at a time, take one child at a time, Learn to speak to them more or less than yell at them because this generation that is coming along, they don't understand the yelling. So tonight has been a good night. Queens and Kings, I hope you enjoyed the show on uh, New Being Queens Talk Show Radio on zenithradio.org. Um I hope that you'll tune in and continue to listen to our show um, and get some empowerment and continue on to be who God called you to be. And peace and blessings to everyone. We are. We are. We are. We are. Nubian Queen Talk Radio empowering and impacting the nation tune in every thursday night at seven o'clock p.m eastern standard time for more information on launching your own radio talk show please visit zenith radio network zenith radio doctors alton and nikkei natson zenith global media founders at www.zenithradio.org www.zenithtvnetwork.com and visit newbeingqueen.com.